Warning, this podcast involves discussions of a spooky and graphic nature not suitable for children or the faint of heart. Strong language and mature content is present. Listener discretion is advised. You have been warned. When you want to hear about the paranormal, you get the spooked girls. True crime that makes you hypothermal with the three spooked girls. Stabby snippets will give you dreams. Tara and Jessica will make you. Along with the spooked girls Bring on the slaughter We on that haunted ground The three spooked girls Hey there, spooksters, and welcome to another episode here on Three Spooked Girls. It is I, your co-host, Jessica, and as always, I am joined by the person I am most grateful for, Tara. Tara. (laughs) Hey, Spooksters. So this episode is our listeners experience episode. So if you're new to the podcast, uh, welcome in. We're excited to have you here. And this is the episode of the month we read your stories and encounters that happened. So that will be fun and exciting. We have four great stories for you today. But before we do that, if you want to hang out with us on social media, we'd love that. We are on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Our handle is at 3 Girls. If you want to have a little bit more in-depth conversation with the community that we have built, head over to our Facebook group, which is called 3 Spooked Girls Official. It is a pop-in place to be. We have fun things that happen. It's where we kick off a lot of things that happen in our, in our group. So we have a book club going in there right now. So it's it's a lot of fun. So you want to check that out. If you want to help support the show, you can do so by heading to the link tree and clicking on our Patreon link or going to patreon.com backslash three spooked girls. For little as a dollar gives you extra bonus content. There's a new episode the last day of the month. And then we have several other things that we do like Jessica Slaughter's movie reviews and plot lines, more affectionately known as Slaughter's. Also, Tara has an amazing video series for content called Haunted Grounds, where she tells you about, well, right now she's telling you about spooky things like possessed objects and whatnot. She has said that if she runs out, she'll figure it out. It may turn into a a Gilmore Girls watch party. We don't know yet. (laughs) I'm kidding. It it won't do that. And then she also gives us a caffeinated beverage of her choosing. So far, it's been coffee, but, you know, she likes other caffeinated beverages. So Mm -hmm. I'm looking forward to all of them. (laughs) And it's been some great content. So if you want to get all that extra stuff, head over there. There are details and it'll tell you each tier. So with that, I'm going to hand it over to Tara and she's going to read us our first story of the day slash evening. It's nighttime for us, but could be whatever time for you. Yes, probably daytime more than likely. So our first story comes from Hope. She says, Hey, ladies, I first want to say how much I love your podcast. I'm a new listener and I am hooked. In my 40 years, I have experienced many paranormal things, but the story I'm about to tell you is the scariest. My husband's in the Navy, and for about nine years, we were stationed in Groton, Connecticut. We lived in an off-base military housing and had been around for quite some time. This town is so old that there's a family cemetery plot that dates back to the Revolutionary War era, right next to some of the houses in military housing. Not spooky at all, right? 
Shortly after we moved into our first house, things started to happen. My daughter was three and a half at the time and started talking about a little boy named Johnny. I shrugged it off as a new imaginary friend to cope with our big move. My daughter started talking to Johnny all the time. She would even complain that he would keep her up at night. One day I was talking with my neighbor who lived in the unit attached to us. We lived in a townhouse and I was telling her about Johnny. She told me about an experience she had a few nights prior. She was in bed, drifting off to sleep when she heard a little voice say, Mama. As a mama to two little boys, it didn't startle her until she realized this little boy that was standing at the foot of her bed was older than her boys. By the time she jolted up, he was gone. I laughed it off as a dream. It wasn't until a few weeks later, when a shelf on our wall was thrown across the room, that I started to get nervous. Valid. That's poltergeist activity there. (laughs) It was late in the afternoon, and we were having a barbecue with some friends. Everyone was outside, and I went in the house to use the restroom. While I was in the restroom, I heard a crash. I walked out the door, expecting to see one of my floating shelves to be right outside the door, but there was nothing. I walked around the corner, and a good six feet from the wall it was on was the shelf. I have to admit, I was a little shaken by this. More little things started to happen. A toy turning on in my infant son's room when he napped. Something yanking my finger when I was trying to go to sleep. To this day, I won't sleep with my hands outside of my blanket. And a growing tension in in the atmosphere inside the house. I had a neighbor immediately start praying as soon as she stepped foot into my living room. One afternoon, I was outside playing cards with my neighbor. It was quiet due to being a school day and our littler one was napping. Out of the blue comes a little voice right next to us saying, Mama, I froze. I tried to tell myself that I was hearing things. Then my neighbor asked, Did you hear that? Was someone just saying Mama? Shortly after this incident, my daughter started talking about a mean little boy named Francis. This concerned me because where would a four-year-old hear the name Francis, let alone know it could be a boy's name as well? That's when the whole thing took a darker turn. One evening, she was walking down the stairs when I watched her fall. She didn't trip and she didn't slip. It looked as if she was being pushed by an unseen force. Before I could say anything, she screamed, Mommy, Francis just pushed me. It was time to find some help. A friend told me about a couple Navy guys who did paranormal investigations in their spare time. I thought it would be great to have evidence that I wasn't crazy. The first investigation went well, and we got a couple EVPs. One was of a cat meowing. I didn't have a cat at the time. And another was a voice saying, get out. They said I definitely wasn't crazy and that they would give me a copy in case I needed proof. A couple of months go by and things are still going on. One day I was dusting one of my shelves and on it I found small paw prints going in a circle in the dust. I took a picture of it and sent it to the paranormal investigators. They messaged me back almost immediately asking if they could come back. The night they were coming back, I was getting everything ready when my neighbor texted me. We were going to her house while they investigated. When I tried texting her back, my phone started going crazy. It started randomly calling people in my contacts list. I couldn't get it to stop. It continued to do so until I got to my neighbor's house. It never malfunctioned like that again. A couple hours into the investigation, I decided to check in with the guys. While we sat in the living room, there was a cold spot moving from person to person. I had shut off all the power so there was no air conditioning on. As I was sitting on the couch, I started to have a sharp shooting pain in my right arm and I couldn't move. I told them what was going on and asked if we could take a break. As soon as I did, I could move and we went outside. As you can imagine, I was pretty shaken. As I started to relax, I noticed one of the guys staring at me and all the color leaving his face. I asked him what was wrong and he said, You have a handprint on your neck. On the right side of my neck was a red handprint, as if somebody grabbed it and squeezed. The two guys took pictures, told me to call a priest, and never came back. We eventually moved into a different house, and whatever was there followed us. 
I went to a shop that specializes in these sort of things. They help me cleanse our home to keep it at bay. I have used these methods to cleanse and protect our home with every move the military made us do. I hope you enjoyed my story. It was an experience I will never forget. Keep up the good work and stay safe out there. I am so scared for you, Hope, but thank you for being so nice (laughs) about the podcast. I mean, smart if you're moving around a lot. Yes. So our next story comes from Samantha. What she wrote is, I've been listening to your podcast for a couple months now in a sporadic off and on mania of binge listening. I love that. That was like a great sentence. (laughs) I love your podcast overall, but love the spooky aspect the most. Before I get started, I want to apologize for how long this is going to be, but I feel that in this case, backstory is necessary to explain. I'm considered to be pretty odd by those around me, and here is why. I come from a very long line of sensitive people on my mother's side of the family and only recently learned that it was scattered throughout my father's family as well. Our abilities are all different, but it's clear that they are all connected, though some of us have multiple abilities. I was frequently told growing up not to speak of such things because people would think I was crazy and do horrible things to me. Out of the abundance of respect and caution, I speak publicly only of my sensitivity and abilities. I can, however, say that spiritual teachers have told me that I take after my great-grandmother the most, and I do differ from her in some aspects. The first being is I am a pagan. Some use the term witch. She was a devout Baptist. My faith accepts and encourages learning about our sensitivities, but hers did not. To add more mud to the water, I'm an engineer, so logic is always king. My advantage is I understand more that normal physics can explain. One of my first memories is a paranormal encounter. I'm 34 now and experience things daily. Having experiences for so long, it's rare for me to have a full freak out over things now. And when I do, it's really, really bad. Full disclosure, growing up, meltdowns were rare, but it happened when something particular creepy or startling happened. And I held my ass to the closest person or animal larger than myself and proceeded to either climb them like a tree or hide underneath them. Now into the stories. I will share three of them with you to start. The first one was actually my first memory. I was a toddler, perhaps three years old, and was just at the point of being able to run without face planting into the carpet. I was at my grandparents' house with my grandmother. I thought my uncle was home and I ran into his room while my grandmother was getting things out of the car. I ran down the hall and into his room and to find him not in it. He was still in his teens and frequently played tricks on me, so I started looking for him under the bed and in the closet. I felt my stomach drops. My ears tingled. Ice went down my back. I instinctively stood up, dropping my chin, glaring around the room, ready to fight something that was there, and it was mean. There was nothing there, not a dog or a person, nothing but silence. We lived on a farm, and it was never silent. Behind me was the door out of the room, and from the direction I was facing came a bone-shrieking roar that rattled the wood floor beneath my feet. I heard lions and tigers roar in person, and that didn't match this. So my little ass screamed and hightailed it out of the room. Down the hall, out into the carport where my grandmother had just closed the trunk and was talking to my uncle. They never heard my scream, but the dogs did because their hackles were raised growling at the door. My second story for this time around is going to be much shorter and less scary, I promise. Where we lived, there was an old mill off the side of one of the main roads, and it was down a fairly steep hill. I always thought it was beautiful, so every time my mother drove by, I had to look. It was just so serene with the water going by in the stream. One day we drove by, and just past the mill in the creek was a woman in what looked like to be a wedding dress. She was pulling bright red petals off of roses and dropping them into the water. It was so gorgeous that I asked my mother if they were doing photos. She hadn't seen them and told me that I imagined it. 
I was six by now and full of attitude about being called a liar. She turned around and we drove by again, maybe five minutes later. There was nobody there. Nothing seemed out of place except a single rose on the side of the road. And there was no way to get up and down the hill without help and pants, much less in a wedding gown. My mom asked people at the feed store about a half mile up the road, and they said someone had called them about something similar. They went out there to see if anyone needed help, only to find roses. My mother never spoke of it again, nor called me a liar about spooky stuff. Last but not least is the one that is a gut shot. My father passed away when I was 17. We didn't have a great relationship, but the loss was hard. He passed away in our house and he had been sick from years, but the heart attack was totally out of the blue. About a week after he passed, my mom and I were trying to find some new routine. Our rooms were on the opposite of the house pretty much, but the living room was in between her room and the hall my room was on. Basically, each bedroom shared a wall to the living room. I had gone to bed around 11 and my mom was already in bed. About one, I heard the TV cut on and the channel started changing. My dad did that constantly, so at first it didn't raise any alarms until I went to static and the volume maxed out. I got up and stepped into the hall, intending to ask my mom, what are you doing? Only to find her at her bedroom door looking at me with a look only a pissed off mother can give. At that point, we both looked into the living room. My father's reclining rocking chair was moving in the channel scrolling. I stepped into the room and grabbed the remote. I clicked off the satellite and then stepped over and pushed the button off on the TV. Our TV was older than me and it was ancient for the time. There was no way to turn the TV off without pushing the button. My mother accused me of playing tricks on her until I pointed out that we both had our TVs on in our bedrooms with nothing to gain. It cut on again. This time she cut it off and unplugged the TV. We both went back to bed and as soon as we settled in, the TV cut on again. This time I ran into the living room to find my mom starting to unplug the TV and I turned to my dad's chair and shouted, that's not funny, daddy. And my mom literally ran out of the room. It didn't come back on again the rest of the night. But the next day, my mom had the TV hauled off. Thanks for reading, and I hope you enjoyed these. Okay, before we jump into my next story, we are going to take a quick break to not only give our new patrons a shout out, but hear a quick word from our sponsor. All right. Well, we're going to take a second to say thank you to our newest patrons since our last listeners episode. We want to say thank you to Kira, Jacqueline, Samantha B, Kayla, Taylor, Casey, Tabitha, Jenna, Mariah, Cookies and Comics, Heather for increasing to our $10 tier, Connie and Edith. Thank you all so, so much, especially supporting our show during the holiday season and this trying time. It really just means so much to us that you believe in our show and you love us. We love you guys very much. Yes, thank you so much. Support for Three Speak Girls comes from Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your man's family jewels. If you don't know about Manscaped and the importance of trimming below, this is the time to hop on the trend. This isn't just for men out there, but this can be for ladies too. Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. Their Lawnmower 3.0 has proprietary advanced skin safe technology, so the trimmer reduces cuts on your man's nuts. It's waterproof, which prevents a mess, and it has a light on it as well. Dude, that light is amazing. It almost can be a flashlight by itself. <laughs> <laughs> it's bright. Yeah. The Lawnmower 3.0 comes inside their hot new Perfect Package 3.0, which makes the perfect gift for this holiday season. It's literally everything your man needs to keep him trimmed, cut free, and smelling nice down there. The Perfect Package will also come with a pair of Manscaped boxers that keep his junk feeling fresh all day. 
it's time to upgrade those overused pair of boxers to this new one. And I will tell you, they are soups comfy. Oh my God, yes. I love them so much. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code SPOOKEDGIRLS at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code SPOOKEDGIRLS. Naughty or nice, this is the number one gift on Santa's list. Hop on this trending sled today. So our next story comes from Maddie. She writes, Hey, I only found your podcast a few months ago, and ever since then I've been binging all of your episodes. I listen nonstop while working on my homework and projects. I go to an art college, so I have a lot of time just to listen to podcasts while I work on said projects. Anyway, I love y'all and just wanted you to know, but I'll get on with my story. This past July, the 5th to be exact, me and two of my closest best friends set off for a 10-hour car ride. We were heading to the beach. I know in the midst of COVID, it's kind of a done move on our part. However, we planned this trip for months and we were too excited to cancel. We wore our masks and social distance from everyone, so don't worry there. One extremely long car ride later, we arrived at the condo we had rented for the week. The condo was right across the street from the beach. It seemed to be an older building, but it was completely renovated. Our condo was one of two on the first floor, and the condo itself had an open living room slash kitchen space and two bedrooms. The bedroom situation meant one of us would get our own room. Somehow I ended up sleeping alone in the smallest bedroom. Now we're going to jump ahead two days into the trip. Everything was going great. We had heard some little noises throughout the days we had been there so far, but had chalked it up to just being our neighbor. On the third day, we all got up and got ready for the beach when my friend Sienna looked at me and said, Did you come into my room last night? I replied I hadn't been in their room that night. Sienna then said, I woke up in the middle of the night to you standing over me and staring at me. She then went on to say when I stood over her in the dark near 3 a.m., I never said a single word, just stared. Sienna said she couldn't move when I stood over her, but she wasn't scared. We then asked Haley, Sienna's roommate, if she had seen me in their room, and Haley said she hadn't. I told Sienna it must have been a dream or sleep paralysis, which she never experienced before, and neither had I. The following night, after Sienna's experience, I was laying in bed, completely asleep. I suddenly woke up in the middle of the night with my arms and legs spread out like a starfish. I couldn't move. I looked at the clock and it said 3 a.m. Then my closed door started to creak open slowly. My eyes darted to the door and there was my friend Haley just standing in the doorway in the dark, just staring. She said nothing and I couldn't speak, but for some reason I wasn't scared. I don't know how long we stared at each other, but it felt like forever. Then I blinked and she was just gone and my door was closed again. Keep in mind, Haley is a tiny 4'11 girl with long straight hair, so there's no mistaking if it was her in my doorway. After she disappeared from my room, I finally move again and fall back asleep. When the morning came, I asked Haley about coming into my room, and she said that she hadn't. In fact, she was laying in bed and watching YouTube videos with Sienna at 3 a.m. when I claimed to see her. Now, after Sienna and I both saw things in the condo, we decided it had to be haunted. We told Haley that at some point during the remainder of the trip, she was probably going to wake up to Sienna standing over her, but she never did. I don't know why the ghostie or demon was shy about visiting Haley, but they never appeared to her. Like a good friend and paranormal believer, she trusts that me and Sienna really did see something on those nights. We never saw anything else for the rest of our trip. Thank you all so much for putting out content. It truly gets me through my grueling art projects glad we can help right i know when people are like you keep us company i'm just like yay i'm glad because <laughs> like homework and stuff like obviously when i did it podcasts weren't really a thing but like music and tv shows were like so nice to have True. so very glad we can return that favor so i'm gonna go ahead and read our final story from today and it comes from shandy I never really considered myself sensitive or given much thought about ghosts. I believe in them, but they should be left alone. 
Back then, I never believed ghosts were capable of doing much harm. Maybe being able to say boo every once in a while. When I was in my early 20s, yes, this was about 20 years ago, I shared an apartment with a friend. It was my first apartment away from home. When I would be sitting in the living room watching TV, I would always think I would see a dark shadow move down the hall from my room, and I would turn my head quickly, but never saw anything. This happened so much, a few times I tried to follow it down the hall and through my roommate's room and out the back door. Her room had access to the back patio. One time I saw footprints walking away from the sliding glass door on the outside. I asked my roommate about it as soon as I saw her and she kind of shrugged it off and said maybe it was her boyfriend. In the living room, there was one of those old school boom boxes right next to the hallway. It would occasionally turn on and off on its own. When I was in my room restarting whatever, my desk lamp, which was one of those touch lamps, would turn on and off. If I turned off the lights and went to bed, the light would be on when I woke up or if I'd woken up at night. I'm one of those who likes to sleep with no light, no sound. Nice, dark, and quiet. However, I would sometimes fall asleep reading a book, and when I would wake up, the light should be on, but it wasn't. And I would be slouched in bed with the book on my chest. A few times I had woken up by my alarm clock when no alarm was set or the radio was turned off when I was listening to it. Like when I was drawing, writing poetry, or studying, I would quickly look up at it confused. I would get up and investigate what could be causing this. These things would increase in frequency over time. Once I got up to investigate why the radio turned off... And as I did, the light turned off, leaving me in the dark, standing in the middle of the bedroom. Yes, I ran quickly to the light switch and flipped it on, and there was nothing there. I slept on the couch that night. When telling my roommate this, she kind of laughed at me and would tease me about it, but she never experienced anything. These things occurred over a period of time when I lived there. One night when I was sleeping, I had a nightmare of a little boy crawling out of the floor crawl space in my closet, floating over me, suspended above me, and slowly lowering himself onto me. I panicked and tried to force myself to wake up, but the best way to describe it was that I was waking up slowly, but using every strength I had to force my eyes open. Seeing a fog around me and seeing myself floating above me, looking down at me. I screamed in my head, but nothing came out. And what seemed like a century, but only was a few seconds, I sat up straight in the bed gasping for air. Being incredibly shaken, it took a while to gain my strength to get out of bed. Luckily, this time, some moonlight was peeking through the shades and I could see my room and there was nothing there. With wobbly legs, I pulled the pillow and blanket off my bed and made my way into the living room. I sat on the couch and said, what the fuck was that? And I turned on the TV and laid on the couch. I made sure I was facing in a way I could see the hallway that was going to my room. The next morning, my roommate was annoyed to see me sleeping on the couch again. She had a job that started early and was very much a morning person. She loved turning on the radio in the living room and getting ready in the morning, and she always likes to tidy up before she left for work. I had the nighttime job and sometimes wouldn't get off until 2 a.m., and I generally slept in. Usually noises don't bother me, and I'm a very sound sleeper. I grew up with a lot of noisy people in my family and usually had one of my younger siblings sleeping with me. I asked her if she had heard me scream last night, and she looked at me like I was crazy and said no, in that slow kind of way when people are confused about what you're asking them. I told her about what happened, but she just looked at me in disbelief, and then she left for work. The next time I saw her, it gave her something to think about, and was more empathetic. It wasn't like she didn't completely not believe in this stuff. She thought maybe I had an out-of-body experience. I considered this, but after some research, dismissed it as a possibility. She let me sleep on the couch because I absolutely did not want to sleep in my room. Well, alone at least. I can't say I never had any other experiences in my life, but never one quite like that. 
Well, thank you so much for sending that in. And that wraps up this month's listeners. If you have a story that you would like us to read here on the show, go ahead and send it to our email. It's the best way for us to track it all. So that is threespookgirls at gmail.com. And we will catch you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.